Hello, everyone, and welcome to Phaeology, the study of Fire Emblem Heroes. My name is Phil, and I'll be your Phaeologist today, and joining me later will be Grepstein. Uh, due to scheduling purposes, we are recording separately once again, but that's okay. And today's topic uh, for this episode is going to be focused on Hrid as a unit, and I will take that portion of the episode and, <clears throat> and analyze him as a unit. And then Greps will follow with a an analysis of the actual legendary banner that Hered appears on and give you his thoughts, uh, which I totally agree with, on whether you should summon for certain characters or not, and, uh, and hopefully that is helpful. So let's talk about Hered, our newest legendary uh, unit. He is a red cavalry unit. He comes with the um, uh, wind blessing as well. And his stats uh, line up as follows, with an HP of 41, attack of 37, speed of 17, defense of 36, and a resistance of 26. So, he uh, definitely is built as a slow, very defensive, and very strong Red Cavalry unit. Very comparable to Xander. Uh, when you look at their stats, uh, looking at them both at neutral IVs, of course, at level 40, Xander, uh, or I should say Hrid, uh, while he does have one less defense and seven less speed than Xander, you can tell that they use those stats and, and realign them to make Hrid more tanky. Uh, even though there's only one minus one defense, they take his speed points and kind of diverse it uh, through his attack, and so he has six more attack and nine more resistance than Xander. So he definitely has more bulk added to him and more firepower. So, uh, we're yeah, we're looking at a min-max Xander here. Now, what may, sets him apart, though, is what he comes with as well. And let's talk about his weapon, Yol. It grants attack plus three, so that brings up his attack to 40 at neutral IVs. And if a penalty inflicted by a skill like Panic or Threaten and or a negative status effect uh, preventing counterattacks or restricting movement, for example, is active on a foe, unit makes a guaranteed follow-up attack and foe cannot. So this is a very interesting skill uh, aligned with the weapon. Let's break it down. So it basically works if, if your foe has any sort of debuff. Um, and we'll break those down as well. And if they do have a debuff, that grants Hrid the breaker ability uh, found on skills such as sword breaker, lance breaker, etc. And it is of note that this works in any phase as well. Now, what kind of debuffs or status changes do we need to see in the foe? Well, that you could use, uh, of course, his own B skill, Freezing Seal, which we could talk about later. But you can also use things like Panic Ploy or any sort of Panic status that is given through other weapons. Uh, flash, uh, Candlelight, uh, Dazzle Effect, anything preventing counterattacks. Uh, gravity and Thok, reducing movement will also work. Uh, Trilemma, however, is it may not work as well. It's not necessarily a negative status effect, but you could double check that also. Um, if you either have them and want to test that out or are looking online, I couldn't find anything as of yet. Witchy Wan with Guard, um, 
I believe that would work as well. That is also something to double check. And then general debuffs to stats. So that includes, as mentioned in the text, threaten skills. You can also use ploys and you can also use smokes. Uh, in addition to all the other uh, debuffs that are available, I believe that this would work with uh, daggers and dark breath that dragons have, even Veronica's staff, uh, etc. Um, if 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 the foe has any sort of debuff given to them in any circumstance, then that should count to activate Harid's weapon. And so, what that makes Harid uh, do is that he can have basically quick repost activated in the enemy phase, or he could have a kind of like a, uh, I don't know, a brash assault or, or something to that effect. A, he could basically uh, double up in the uh, player phase as well if they do have some sort of debuff as well. So um, that makes him very versatile in either phase. But if you do look at his stats, he seems to be a little bit more uh, trained and set up for the enemy phase, and we'll get into some analysis later with his simulator results. But um, I think this weapon works really well with his kit, and he comes with Moonbow as a special. And that works really well because if you think about him in the enemy phase getting attacked once, uh, that'll bring down the cooldown charge to one, and then he attacks and retaliates twice. Therefore, on the second attack, he will be able to activate Moonbow. Um, so that he has that going for him, and I think that meshes well. He also comes with Distant Counter. So he is the first unit outside of the three Hectors. Um, of course, Brave Hector comes with a version of Distant Counter that is not inheritable, but the other three Green Axe Hectors do come with Distant Counter, and so does he, Hrid. And this works really well because in the enemy phase, he, not only can he counter melee units uh, that are one space away, but also ranged units, both magical and non-magical, giving him the ability to uh, be more of a threat, basically, to all sorts of units. And with his higher defenses as well, with all that added resistance compared to Xander, he may have the opportunity to uh, retaliate against mages. Now, of course, like I, I think that his, I mean, we look at his resistance, which is 26. Uh, he d definitely does need some help there. I think any sort of buff, uh, of course, he's a cavalry unit, so he can get fortify buffs or goad buffs to be able to uh, uh, increase his resistance. And, and of course, that can come through any other sorts of buff as well. But um, even though he has a distant counter set up, uh, he might be a little bit better off trying to retaliate against ranged melee units rather than the magical units. But of course, uh, the, it could really depend on who you're going against. And with his weapon activated and some sort of debuff applied to the enemy as well, chances are that you might have that additional buff that you need to be able to counter mages, um, which may, uh, quote-unquote, threaten his... Uh, his weakness there with the, his resistance. Anyway, Disencounter, of course, is a great skill, and it works really well with what he comes with. Now, let's talk about his new B skill, Freezing Seal. At the start of turn, if unit's HP is above 50, inflicts attack and speed minus 6 on foe on the enemy team with the lowest resistance through its next action. So, of course, this works well with his weapon, and if this debuff counts, if, 
if nothing else, you know, would really work, you know that Freezing Seal will work to activate his weapon and get the breaker skill going. And, of course, debuffing the speed, well, that's probably not going to be a big issue uh, or deal because he does have really low speed, but that attack really will help him, especially against those uh, magical foes who might have a little bit of advantage over him in his lower resistance. Uh, decreasing attack is probably your best bet to be able to tank them. And so it, uh, the only downside with this, of course, is that only one foe gets hit with Freezing Seal, and it's the one with lowest resistance. It's just like uh, Gunthra's B skill, as well as any chill skill uh, that are also B skills, where they only target one unit out of the enemy. And so this is great, of course, when there's only one unit left, and then, of course, the debuff is going to apply. But if you take him into modes like even Aether Raids with... Um, now, as we progress throughout the seasons and and more people are are spending their resources to create more defensive allies, then the chances of of nailing down the resistance, uh, the uh, highest or lowest resistant character, uh, decreases as as the pool in, or as your enemy's team increases, of course. And worst case scenario, this is like you know rival domains or grand conquests where there is a ton of enemies, so. So it, it might be very helpful in something like Arena, Arena Assault, where I, I still feel like, you know, armor units and dragon units are still running rampant. Uh, usually those foes with the lowest resistance are, are the more uh, tankier units with higher defense. And so this debuff would usually apply for them and really help Herid with his high defense and attack be able to duel up against them and hopefully survive a, an encounter with them as well. Um, but of course it, it really helps or it really hurts him to only focus on one unit to get that debuff. And so you really rely, I think on a more widespread debuff from either his C skill attack smoke, which works pretty well to also not only increase his defenses, uh, indirectly by decreasing the attack of not only the one that he fought with, but the, uh, other foes that are two spaces around him granted if uh, he if he destroys the one who attacked him uh, with that activated moonbow in the enemy phase then of course that'll only affect the enemies that he hasn't been attacked by yet or uh, but of course you could also use other buff debuffs from your teammates and that's probably the easier thing and the more reliable thing to do um, when you're trying to get those debuffs rather than freezing seal and so while it's still a pretty good skill and it, it definitely has that um, HP requirement similar to quick repost, helping him get the quick repost effect from his weapon, uh, it, it's a little situational in my taste. Um, it's still very, still very useful, but, but situational. And I think you're going to be better off relying on your teammates to get those debuffs rather than just relying on Hrid himself with freezing seal. So of course, talked about attack smoke as well, um, and let's so let's talk about some builds and matchups real quick, and some other options if you don't want to use his base kit. Uh, these results, of course, are at uh, I use the simulator online that you can access as well. The I use the hard list with the most uh, prevalent units in the game right now at plus ten merged levels to 
really, you know, unlock the potential and see what kind of results I get. And of course, Harid going into the simulator is at plus 10 as well. And so first of all, I used his base kit, kept everything the same, and added the heavy blade seal, knowing that perhaps in the enemy phase, if he is attacked and has higher attack, then he would be able to proc Moonbow with that first attack rather than the second, hopefully doing enough damage to to take out the enemy uh, right away so uh, you don't waste basically the damage given by Moonbow. And so I was really pleased with the results in both phases actually, uh, even though he is set up stat-wise to, to take on enemies in the enemy phase. And while he did get 82% in the enemy phase with Freezing Seal and Gajol, or Gyol activated, he did get 76% in the player phase, which is not too bad. Without the freezing seal, though, he does drop to 71 in the enemy phase and 70% in the player phase. And, of course, without Gyul activated, this shows how powerful this weapon is. He drops to 31% in the player phase and 40% in the enemy phase. And so he really needs his weapon to be viable uh, in order to be uh, successful uh, against some of these better units. Uh, breaking down the color spread as well, he did less than 50%. Uh, against the blue units, although he did very well against the red and green units, about 80-90% uh, in that range. So, talking about alternatives as well, thinking about his builds, uh, it was interesting when I was picking and choosing some of these skills to replace, his percentage of wins and losses didn't really change that much. They did by a few percent points, but all in all, he he seemed to be very uh, consistent uh, and not, not, so like not one specific build necessarily trumped another one as far as the stats in the simulator are concerned. But of course, they do depend on your play style. And that's a, I think that's a good thing because you can tailor him according to your play style and pretty much get the same results as you would with another play style if the, for example, enemy phase type of base kit that he comes with doesn't work for you. So some options that I thought of that would work well with him would be something like threaten attack or defense uh, would be a great alternative to attack smoke if you don't want to engage in, in in combat with units in the enemy phase and try to spread those attack smoke debuffs around after the attack whereas you could you could use threaten skills to be able to basically if you're two spaces away get the, those debuffs both in the enemy phase and player phase if needed so there is that um, some other options as well for his B slot include Vantage, which works really well with the Distant Counter. Uh, you can replace Moonbow with Bonfire and use that Heavy Blade Seal. He did get 83% in the enemy phase uh, for KOs with that combination. But he, uh, one thing that I, you can also change the seal that I used. I, um, you can use close defense seals. And of course, most of the enemies in this hard list were melee units. And so he did jump up to 88% in the enemy phase uh, against uh, or with close defense as a seal. Um, even though I think this is a little bit biased in this, in this simulator, I still think it's a good seal to put on him just to increase, increase his effectiveness. And that is one thing that I currently use on my Ellawood. Um, who is at plus 10, five stars, and has just encounter himself being a red cavalry unit, uh, using close defense on him, improving his defense from 29 to, you know, uh, 35 really does help out in some instances. Some other skills that you can 
uh, you could uh, potentially use include guard as well. He did very well in the enemy phase at 84% with that. And you can also use distant defense seal, which is would be very useful. And I think helps to patch up his resistance weakness, quote unquote. It's not that it's not that weak, but it, it really boosts his ability to use disencounter to its fullest ability. And that did bring him to an 85% in the enemy phase. So bottom line, if I think if you with Hrid, if you can get some sort of debuff on the enemy unit and or team, and I feel like it's most likely done through your teammates using ploys, uh, using uh, like a versus knight as well would work really well in this situation. Veronica's staff as well. I think by using your teammates in a smart way, you would be able to use Hrid more effectively, I think. And I think you could tailor him with different skills. I I, I really like his base kit, but you can also use uh, a lot of uh, different uh, B and C slot skills and as well as seals to be able to uh, maximize his ability to um, not only get those debuffs going, but to also increase his damage output. And with his weapon, he is very viable in the enemy phase and the player phase as well, as long as you have those debuffs and status changes applied to the enemy. And it turns out that he is a pretty good unit. I would give him a 4.75 out of 5 myself. He's just barely off of 5 out of 5 because, I, once again, he is a, BS, a lower BST character. Uh, I believe it was 157. I forgot to mention that he is at 157 BST with a super boon and attack and a super bane in HP, speed, and res. And so, of course, I think attack uh, plus attack IV is probably most optimal. Um, and perhaps a minus, uh, I don't know, you're really not missing out if you do get a super bane. And so probably speed would be the best bet here. But anyway, back to the rating. Um, I, I think he is still very viable in modes that don't require BST uh, calculations, like Aether raids and and uh, and things like uh, Aether raids and things like that. In Arena, it's going to be hard for him to to be the most viable, especially if you're gunning for the higher tiers in Arena. Because even though he's a legendary unit, being a cavalry unit does decrease his um, scoring potential even with the legendary buffs. And so it's, um, there's that. And also Greps mentioned in the episode that we recorded prior to the, with the fire and ice analysis that him being a wind elemental, uh, according to the, the schedule, it doesn't look like he, his, the wind element is going to be a bonus when he does come out. I, I do, do, you know, don't take my word for a double check that with, um, with the game and with, uh, you know, the data mine and game press and things like that. But, um, but yeah, so in, in all, I think he compared to units like legendary Tiki and legendary Hector who do score better, um, as legendary units in the arena, uh, they're probably a little bit better off to try to merge up if you wanted to. But if you do get a copy of Harid, um, he is not bad at all and serves as a very viable, uh, red cavalry unit if you do not have one already. Um, and so with that, uh, oh, and of course, for fodder-wise, uh, DC is always great if you do get an extra copy of, of Herid. You can always use them for just encounter fodder, and, and that's pretty much it. You can get attack smoke from Kaze, uh, I'm pretty sure, and so might as well use Herid for DC. 
So great fodder, great unit as it is. Uh, he'll probably be up there in tier two alongside with legendary Erica. We've gotten back-to-back uh, red cavalry legendary units, so it'll be interesting to see what we get next. Um, oh, and I forgot to uh, look at the... Uh, I can pull it up right now, too. It'd be interesting to see who is coming up next uh as far as uh, legendary characters are concerned, uh, in the last episode that we did with legendary heroes, we looked at who um, was coming and we saw that, of course, female Grima was coming again. We had four units already that we knew of coming on the legendary banner and Hrid basically doubled up with Ryoma in the, uh, um, you know, in the, in, in the banner. And so, so I just pulled up the game, and I'm looking at when these units will be back. And it looks like uh, Herid will be back in late February, Ryoma in late March, Lucina late March, Gunthra in late February, and Robin in late February as well. So we, I, from what I remember, Ephraim is coming back in February, and so it, uh, so we, we definitely have, um, you know, a red, green, blue, and colorless unit in, in February. And so we know that someone's going to double up there. Someone's going to double up in, 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 uh, in January as well. We already know that Ike and, uh, another red unit, I believe are going to double up there. Uh, it's escaping my mind who it is right now. I think it might've been Erica actually, but so I'm thinking for, uh, and I forgot who's coming in December. So, um, if you want to look at those notes, I, I did mention those in in that episode as well as a post on our subreddit at r slash theology. So feel free to comment there and uh, look for the comments where someone was asking about that. And I do have a list of of who is going to be coming up on legendary banners in the future. But anyway, so I, I feel like at least in January, from the top of my head, it probably won't be another red unit. I think that we will. Um, we'll get another color by then and perhaps in December as well. So we'll talk about predictions later on, um, whether Greps gets into that as well with his episode today or not. That's okay. We'll, we'll find some time to be able to, uh, get some predictions out and, uh, hopefully we get those right. Um, but anyway, so I'll turn the time over to Greps right now. And, um, once again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at our subreddit at r slash theology and now to Greps. Thanks for that analysis of Freed, Phil. Um, so now I'm going to go into the legendary banner and the 12 units that we have on this banner and discuss which colors I think are worth pulling for, if any, and go through which colors uh, are best. So do like a ranking of the four different colors. And my apologies for not getting out a prediction episode this time around for who the legendary hero would be. I guess I mentioned that in a previous episode that... Uh, all signs are pointing towards free. Um, but I'm, I'm sorry for not getting out a prediction episode on the other heroes on the banner. I was a little bit delayed in getting that out. And then by the time I was planning on recording that, uh, the trailer had already been released. So apologies for that. Uh, I did have a set of predictions. I'm not going to go through all of them. But the only ones that I got right were the seasonal heroes, aside from the the legendary heroes that we knew were coming. And and I would have predicted Reed also based on uh, data mine information from the last data mine. So uh, my predictions, aside from the seasonals, were pretty bad. So 
Uh, it is definitely hard to predict what intelligence systems is going to do. And it's even hard to predict on future legendary banners what color the legendary hero is going to be because we're doubling up colors at this point. Uh, and, you know, there's just a lot of things that are really hard to predict at this point. So anyway, getting into the current legendary banner. So starting off with the red color, we have Reed, who is our new legendary hero. And for the first time, he is sharing a color focus with another legendary hero. And this time around, that is legendary Ryoma, the flying Kinshi Knight version of Ryoma. And then the third unit on this banner on the red color is Levitane. So overall, I think this is a decent red color. I think Levitane's a pretty good unit with her blade uh, blade type of weapon with the bonuses that get added on into, into damage for her. Uh, so I think she's a pretty good unit and she comes with some pretty good skills. She has attack defense link, which is a pretty solid link skill. I like it a lot. Uh, I think to have it, but she is one of just a few. I think Sumia is the only other unit with this skill. And then her C slot skill is odd speed wave. And that's a pretty, pretty solid wave skill as far as uh, those types of skills go, and I think wave skills are some of the best skills uh, for C-slot skills in the game right now. So pretty good fodder unit, pretty solid unit in her own right. Um, but I think I'm going to caution you from pulling on this banner for Levitane, if you haven't already, because based on information in the data mine, it looks like the upcoming voting gauntlet is going to be Niffle versus Moosebell, and that's actually something I predicted uh, before the data mine, but you guys got the episode uh, just a little bit afterwards, I think yesterday. And so that's pretty cool that that's going to be the voting gauntlet. And because we know that Levitane's coming back for the voting gauntlet with the other two Moosebill generals on that banner, and because they're not currently available on a banner, it seems highly likely that that banner might return in the next couple days. So that's that banner would be a much better place to pull for Levitane if you want her. Then the other two heroes are the, the legendary heroes. So we have Reed, who, you know, his best fodder skill is Distant Counter, so not bad at all. I think in general, you know, you're not pulling, you shouldn't pull for him for Distant Counter unless you really want it for somebody, or if you'd be really happy getting the other two, two units on the banner just as much as you get Reed. So we know how sniping can be pretty challenging. Uh, especially on red, but on legendary banners, it can be pretty tough to snipe for what you want. And, you know, unless you just really need distant counter for somebody, this is not the place to snipe for distant counter. Uh, again, unless those two caveats apply to you. So, Freed, it's good unit, but I don't, you know, I, I haven't really played around with him much at this point, so I can't really say too much from personal experience, but I think his weapon is pretty solid. Um, the, the issue is that it's conditional and it requires debuffs on foes. And I know that his weapon definitely plays into that quite a bit. And his B-slot skill, uh, or his B-slot skill, you know, his build plays into that quite a bit. So it's not going to be too hard to get foes that are debuffed. But it's still something that might not apply in a lot of cases. Um, so it's something that you're going to have to play around with a little bit. But he's a, he's a pretty solid unit. But I feel like uh, I don't think you know we, we have a lot of red cavaliers in the game and i don't think necessarily that he's going to be like one of the best units in the game either now or down the road um and then in terms of ryoma so i like ryoma 
but I don't. I, I think a lot of people have him really high on tier lists, and I feel like he's just a little bit above where I might put him today on some of the tier lists. He's still a good unit. He's you know basically a flying version of the original Rioma in terms of a lot of his stats, but just really offensively powered. Um, definitely a strong unit. You know, he comes with guidance, which helps unpredictability in PvP modes or in uh, Aether raids. That can be quite helpful. And I think that, you know, personally, I think that guidance is the best skill that he can be foddered off for. And I think Kestrel's stance is really limited, in my opinion, in terms of, of what it actually helps with. And in the enemy phase, it's just kind of weird having a t- more attack and speed. So Overall, looking at the red color, I feel like it's good. Uh, You know, each unit has something they can provide, but I think ultimately maybe not that like the best to be pulling on unless you really want Rid or if you want more than one of these units. I don't think it's like a a really strong urge to pull for this on red. Taking a look at blue, I actually think that blue is a little bit better in this banner. Uh, And I would say Legendary Lucina might my favorite unit on this banner Uh, she's a unit that I've had a lot of fun playing with since she was released some months ago I still find it really fun to play with her even though it's been several months since she was released but her future vision skill is just something else that nobody in the game has and it can't be an inherited to anybody else so if you don't have legendary Lucina uh, I highly recommend getting a copy of her and the only time you can do that is in legendary banners so It's up to you to decide whether this is the banner to go for her, if you have any orbs to spend for her. So other than her future vision skill, which can't be an inherited, uh, she has Swift Sparrow, which obviously can, and her C-slot skill is Distant Guard. So, you know, that's a good skill, and I actually like it for Aether Raids on your offense or even on your defense. You can use it to help you know, fight off ranged attacks, which I think I think ranged units are pretty common in Aether Raids because it, it does, I th- you know, personally, I think it gives you an advantage to be able to have that extra range to attack. But, um, you know, she is one of two units that comes with Distant Guard, with the other unit being Leg Yarn. So, uh, yeah, this is a pretty solid skill overall. And then her B-slot skill, Wings of Mercy, not something you're going to want to fodder off from a Legendary Hero since it is available on four-star Kane. So Legendary Lucina, I strongly recommend to try pulling for if you don't have a copy of her. I think she's one of my favorite units to use in in the game right now, and she can really catch people by surprise in a lot of different game modes with Future Vision, giving her unparalleled range. So the other units on the blue color focus are Summer Cordelia, the Cavalier version of Cordelia, I think that she, you know, she was decent when she came out, but I I think that she hasn't aged very well. Uh, I, you know, we just have other better units that can use fire sweep type weapons and her weapon isn't particularly exciting. So I don't think that she is necessarily a unit that you really want to be investing in for this legendary banner. And in terms of the other skills that she comes with, so for you know, she comes with Harsh Command as an assist skill, Sturdy Blow, and Dull Close. She's still the only unit with Dull Close as a B-slot skill, but none of these skills are all that exciting um, or anything that I think people should be pulling for for fodder. So 
yeah, so Cordelia, a little bit underwhelming. I think the Shelllands looks kind of cool, but its effect giving just a little bit more stats in the player phase uh, is underwhelming overall. So, uh, okay, so then the third unit wasn't, uh, it was a surprise who it was, but I was expecting to see one of the Choose Your Legends heroes on this legendary banner. Um, since this is actually November is the first one that we got last year. This is now the 13th legendary banner. And on the very first legendary banner, we had a legendary hero. Um, it, I think it was Brave Ike last year. I'm trying to remember. I th I'm pretty sure it was Brave Ike on the first legendary banner. Um, no, nope, nope. Totally wrong. It, it was Ike. I remember they had the wrong portrait of Ike in one of the pictures, but it's actually Brave Lynn in the first one. So yeah, my mistake there. It was uh, actually Brave Lynn. So I was expecting to see a Choose Your Legends hero. I thought it was going to be Celica, but I guess they didn't want people who were going for Reed to also get extra copies of Celica. So this time around, it is Brave Hector. And be on the lookout for the other brave heroes, the other Choose Your Legends new heroes. We should definitely be getting one per month on the upcoming Legendary Banners. So, you know, as far as who it is, we'll just have to see. But uh, I would just expect whoever the whatever the new color of the new Legendary Hero is, is probably not going to be the, um, the Choose Your Legends hero. So that's what I would expect. So Brave Hector, still a really strong unit, you know, several months down the road from his release, uh, which isn't necessarily a given because power creep is definitely a thing. And, you know, he doesn't have the highest BST for a blue armor unit anymore. Legendary Tiki has taken that crown from him, but he's still one of the best Lance units in the game. Uh, still a really strong unit, no question about it. In terms of inheritable skills, he has Bold Fighter as his B-slot skill, which is fantastic, of course. I don't need to tell you guys that. Uh, and then his C-slot skill is uh, Res Wave. I, I forget whether it's even or odd. I think it's even, but uh, honestly, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. Um, as you know, as a unit to fodder, he's really good for, for bold fighter, and that's definitely the skill that you should fodder him for if you do for any any skills. But he's a really solid unit, no question about it. So overall, the blue color is really hurt by Summer Cordelia overall, um, but I think Legendary Lucina is a really strong unit to pull for, and having Brave Hector as like another unit that a lot of people might really want, I think makes blue a pretty solid color to be pulling for on this banner. So, so third, we have the green color, and Gunthra is the legendary hero on this banner. So she really doesn't have that much to pull for in terms of fodder skills. Uh, Res Ploy is probably the most exciting thing. Uh, or you might want to summon her for herself, where she's not a bad unit, but she's been out for a while. Uh, most people who want her probably have a copy of her. And, you know, she, she does have some interesting synergy with Hreed, with, uh, you know, his weapon targeting the, the foe with the lowest resistance and Gunthra targeting the foe with the lowest defense. Now, sometimes those the chilling and the freezing seal are going to target the same foe if you have both of those units on the same team. And so sometimes these skills are going to overlap and not do anything different from each other when the same foe has the lowest defense and lowest resistance on a team. So just something to point out, nice to be able to debuff an opponent's attack and two different opponents attack and speed by sick to, to do that if it's just a four versus four unit map. 
So Gunthra, not a very exciting unit, but it is cool that we're getting her on the same banner that Reed is introduced with their uh, synergistic B-slot skills. And so then we have Innis, Summer Innis. Uh, and not much has changed from Summer Innis from over the summer. Uh, he's still a strong unit. Uh, you know, it acts in how that would make him a lot stronger. But, you know, he's still really competitive with Churchy. He's still really competitive with Minerva or vice versa. And it's a lot easier to, to summon Minerva and definitely a lot easier to summon Churchy. A really good green axe flyer than probably the other two are the way to go. Uh, and in his, as a unit in, in terms of his summer form. But I'm, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, that it, people should feel a really strong urge to summon for him. He does. He's the only unit in the game with defense faint, uh, which can be a pretty good support skill in the arena to help out other units. Uh, especially where rally skills, you know, which are required to activate faint skills are really common. But outside of that, I think faint skills can be pretty limited in their usefulness. And it's definitely not something that I, I highly recommend that people pull for. So that is Summer Innis. And then the final unit in green is Female Kana. So Female Kana, she was the fastest dragon, I think, at the time that she was introduced but since then, we've gotten Summer Young Tiki, who's much faster. Um, we also have gotten uh, Corin, the, the recent version of Corin, who is also a lot faster than her. And, you know, so and I'm thinking Legendary Tiki is also faster than her. So, uh, you know, we have a lot of dragons at this point that have higher BST than female Kana. We have a lot of dragons that are more powerful than female Kana. And so I think female Kana's lost a lot, especially due to the more recent introduction of the female Corin that we got, the green version of her. So overall, I think female Kana's lost a lot in, in the last couple months since she was first introduced and probably isn't a unit that should be a priority to summon for. And her Go Dragon C slot skill is really the only unique about her fodder. And I don't think that is all that appealing as well. So green color is... Not really that exciting. I don't think you should be pulling from the green color. Um, there's not too much there. And then colorless, I would say, is equally, if not even more so, unappealing to pull for. Uh, we have female Grima on another banner, though thank goodness the, the game notes say that she's not going to be coming back until the end of February. So that means we have two months of legendary banners without her on them. Uh, whether that means we're getting two new colorless heroes the next two months or just one that's going to be repeated in back-to-back -back months or whatever else intelligent systems might be able to do. Uh, we're not having female Grima come back for a few months, so this is it for a few months. So if you haven't gotten her by now, I have no idea why, and you've had some really bad luck maybe, but um, you've had so many chances. So, uh, so female Grima, we all know about her by now. And then the other two units, along with female Grima on this banner, are Nina. And I don't, you know, she's just a, a really middling archer. She comes with Bow Valor, which is maybe exciting for some people, but not really, like, something that everybody needs. And then she comes with the Speed Res Link. And ultimately not that great of a Link skill in terms of the stats that it boosts, though it is cool because you can link it up with the attack defense link if two units each have one of those skills one and then one has attack defense link one has speed res link 
and the two of them, you know, engage in some movement skill with each other, then both of them will get all four stats buffed by six. So that's a pretty nice uh, buff that units can get if you happen to have that combination. But ultimately, that's a big investment to do something like that. And it can only be used with those two units. And then finally, on this banner, we have Summer Noir, which is the only version of Noir that we have in the game. And so Noir, at the time that she was introduced, you know, we talked about how she's also, like Nina, kind of an average archer, doesn't really stand out that much for her stats. She's pretty fast, but her attack is average, if not a little bit below average for archers. And, you know, the Coco Bow, although it's kind of interesting, uh, you know, the, the look of it is cooler than its actual stats or effects. So... Um, ultimately not really something that I think you should be pulling for. The Coco Bow, the most exciting thing is her C-slot skill, Infantry Rush. Though, you know, C-slot skills like this, I think, are kind of niche and kind of hard to pull off correctly because they have a lot of different requirements. They have an, uh, an attack comparison requirement to activate the heavy blade effect on units around Noir. They have a positioning effect where Noir has to be within two spaces of the units. And both of those things are a little bit challenging and might be hard to pull off. So we've also had Infantry Rush released on Makoto, the healer, uh, a few weeks ago. So there's another unit in the summoning pool to be able to pull this skill from. So unless you really want Infantry Rush for somebody specific and you didn't get it on Makoto's banner, then maybe this is a chance to get it. But ultimately, so if I'm going through the colors, I think blue is the best to summon for on this banner with red, maybe equal or maybe just a little bit behind it, depending on how much you want to get Creed uh, or maybe Levitain. Um, I think blue is really solid because of Legendary Lucina, who I think is the top, should be the top priority for people to target on this banner if you're going to summon at all. Uh, the second priority maybe being Creed or Levitain uh, or maybe uh, Brave Hector on the blue color. So I think most of the best units are on red and blue. The green units, pretty underwhelming. Uh, you know, until we get that fire sweep axe, I don't think we're going to be singing Innis's praise too much. And Kana was really outclassed and Gunthra just has never been the best legendary hero or, or you know, all that. She hasn't really stood out too much aside from her B-slot skill, which was unique up until Hreed came out and had pretty much the same thing. So that's green and then colorless, you know, female Grima again and again and again, and two archers that I think are just middling without any really strong fodder. So overall, I'd say target blue and red if you're going to summon on this banner or, you know, just summon for whatever heroes that you're missing and or heroes that you really like the most that maybe you didn't get their first time around. And I think that would be my advice for this banner. So Hopefully that was helpful in helping you decide whether you want to summon from this banner from this point forward. And, you know, at this point, I guess we'll wrap things up and I'll just uh, let you know that you can reach out to me at r slash theology. You can send Phil an email at theology at gmail.com and feel free to reach out to him with any show ideas or any questions that you have or if there's any way that we can help you in Fire Emblem Heroes, bring your game to the next level. And, of course, you can reach out to me at grepsteinfeh at gmail.com. We do love hearing from you guys. So if you have anything that you would like to reach out to us about, we'd be happy to hear from you. And with that, we're going to close things off here and hope you schedule another appointment with your phaologist real soon.